0: Nonprofit for CRMs, uh, building up again, building up neoncrm.com. Launched in 2005, totally bootstrapped, Now serving through over 3,000 nonprofits, paying on average 200 bucks a month. So doing north of 7 million in AR today. They've got 1% net revenue churn annually. Gross is about 6%. So healthy economics there. CAC is 1,100 bucks, mainly through Gartner as a channel, which is interesting. Uh, payback period there, obviously under six months. As their team of 100 people, based between Chicago and China, work to give. More power back to these nonprofits via the CRM product. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello everyone, my guest today is Jeff Gordy. He's the CEO and co-founder of Z2 Systems, otherwise known as Neon CRM. He's got a background in sales, marketing, customer service. And management. He's a UIC graduate with BS, uh, with a BS in business management. And after making a few mistakes growing up and turning his life around, decided to focus on helping nonprofits. That's where the company is focused on. Jeff, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, I am. All right. CRMs are tough. Nonprofit CRMs are even tougher. What on earth compelled you to get into this business?
1: No, no, no other choice in the very beginning and a passion for
0: nonprofits. All right. Fair enough. So is that the business? It's a pure play SaaS company. It's a CRM for nonprofits. Yes, completely. Uh, Basically, I I was a
1: troublemaker growing up. I got kicked out of high school. I got kicked out of the home. Um, I didn't even get my GED and and go back to college for the third time until I was about 28. Did you ever serve Uh, jail time? might've spent a few nights, uh, for some (laughs) behaviors that I did back in the day. All right. So you were, Um, you were a bad boy. Yeah, I was, I was a troublemaker. Um, but at the same time, um, I had to make a living. So I was on my own around 15, 16 and, uh, worked in restaurants and managed restaurants, uh, sold some of the first cell phones, sold copiers, uh, walked the streets selling fax machines, uh, even sold voicemail when voicemail was something you would cold call on and, and sell as a service. Um, so, you know, and then I ended up running the world's largest hagen docks of all things down here at Navy Pier. Um, I had a staff of 100 kids. Which state are you in?
0: Kids, uh, Chicago. Chicago, okay. Yeah.
1: So I had 100 kids selling popcorn, lemonade, and ice cream um, in a popcorn shipping business that I was managing, and I was getting paid about 40K a year, 60 hours a week, six days a week, and I had an epileptic seizure one day.
0: An at actual one or, or a
1: fake in actual, okay. never had epilepsy before, but out of the blue, it just hit me and I woke up and was looking around and all my employees were looking at me down on the ground. And I said, you know, I haven't completed college. I don't have, I don't have a degree. Um, I, I need to do something to change my life and to really make things happen. So at that point I decided I'm going to go back to school and I'd always read a lot and I wasn't a, a how old were you Jeff at this point? About 28. Okay. And I said, well, if I'm going to go back to college, what better place to do it? And I went down to Miami Beach uh, for a year. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so I was at uh, Miami Dade College and uh, just would spend uh, some afternoons on the beach, waiting tables at the evening and school in the morning. Um, and after a year of that, I was able to get some student loans and come back up here to Chicago to UIC and uh, really finish school. And that's where I got my business management uh, degree and a BS.
0: OK, so here's a big question. Looking back, was it worth it? Oh, completely. Oh, okay. oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. You know, the, the, everything taught me about karma. And that's why I am where I am today. Um, if you do bad things, bad
0: things come back. If you do good things, good things come back. So Neon CRM, to, to kind of dive more into the business, what's the average customer or nonprofit paying you per month to access this and what do they get?
1: Yeah, sure. So the average customer is paying us uh, about a little little under $200. Um, we do have some customers that are paying us as little as $50 a month, um, and some that are paying us over $1,000 a month, uh, really based on the size of the nonprofit and what they need. Um, but all all of this started when I was uh, going back to school and working at the Kidney Cancer Association and my partner came in with a beta test platform and said, Hey, will you guys test this out at the Kidney Cancer Association? Um, because I was working there just part-time and entering gifts and was absolutely amazed that you could help people and make money but I had a background in using sales software and marketing software and I was falling in love with nonprofits. So and my partner was a developer. So what we did is we just kept adding more and more and more features. Um, we started off with no capital, absolutely nothing. I think we paid ourselves 5k the first year, 15 and the second.
0: You're talking about Neon. 30. this was the first year of neon, right? Correct. What year was that? Uh, 2005. Okay. 2005. Good. So you, are you now are you still bootstrapped today or you raised capital? Uh, still bootstrapped today. I love that. Very good. So so bootstrapped. And what have you scaled to in terms of total nonprofits paying
1: you? Uh, we are, well, we should. Last year we closed up around $6 million. Okay. Uh, this year we should close up around $8 million. So what does that
0: mean uh, in terms of customers though? About 3,000 nonprofits. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, that's very healthy. And and by the way, this is impressive because people that have tried to sell to nonprofits before who are listening, you appreciate how difficult it is to sell to a nonprofit. I mean, this is not an easy thing. So, I mean, what are you finding your sales cycles? Like, how are you closing these deals?
1: Well, in in the very beginning, I thought that this company would never last because I was uh, trying to sell, um, working out of my apartment. I actually made the first sale in my car. And I was cold calling all these businesses and sending all these emails and nothing was happening. I was doing two, three demonstrations a day on the calls for four, five, six hours. And um, one of the problems was just it's it's a different sales cycle and it's just a different way of uh, selling something. So nonprofits generally in the for-profit world, when you're selling something, they go directly. Usually the person that has the credit card is reaching out to you. Uh, They can go ahead and make that decision. Not too much of a. a a process of coming up with that decision. If they like it, they buy it in the nonprofit world. Generally, you've got one person that's going out and doing some investigation. Then you've got uh, the executive director that they have to share that with and ideally pull them in. Then even if that executive director loves it, then they have to sell it to the board. Then they might be under a one, two, three, four year contract uh, due to some of our competitors like BlackBaud that have really held uh, people in for long term contracts and really kind of got their their nails in them. Um, and, uh, then the board has to get that even through their budget and just ensure that they've got money and it's approved for the following year. Well, generally it's a lot longer. And in the beginning, I just kept knocking on doors
0: and nothing was happening, but then it, they all ended up coming in later. It was just a much longer sales cycle. So like after their longer term contracts ended, they'd all come to you because you were more flexible and maybe cheaper.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we we were we basically came into the market being able to offer more than our competitors were able to offer, but at a lower price
0: because we were bootstrapped and didn't have any capital, didn't have any debt to pay. Um, yep. So three thousand really cool. three thousand customers today, at again about at about two hundred bucks a pop per month. That's about you know six hundred grand a month or seven point two million in ARR. Give me a sense of growth. Where were you a year ago in terms of monthly recurring revenue?
1: Boy, about a year ago. Um, I would say we were probably, you know, on, honestly, I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, pro- probably about one,
0: one, one to 1.5 down from where we're at now. Okay. Got it. So, so maybe call it somewhere in like 500 ish for 450, something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's healthy. I mean, look, it's healthy growth. I-
1: I can tell you're good with your numbers.
0: Yeah, no. Well, I always like to, I always appreciate the emotional side of stories when you can tie them to the data as well, because there's a lot of emotional stories where the emotions get, get um, funneled into real strong success. There's others where the emotions don't get funneled and everything just crashes and burns. So this yeah. is a great story. This is one where you clearly funnel these emotions and it's turned out really nicely for you. So um, walk me through today. So, so team size and where are you guys all based?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, right now we um, are about to breach the 100 staff number mark. Um, We've got about 56 people here in our Chicago office and we've got about 45 uh, in our Chengdu office. Where is that? Which country? Uh, That's in the Sichuan
0: province in China. China. Interesting. And how did that happen? So my when I met my business
1: partner uh, and he came into Kidney Cancer Association, he was originally from China. Uh, he'd worked for Ford, Motorola, IBM, um, and had uh, made some good money and did really well, ended up selling his house and car, and uh, decided to start this company. Um, well, he didn't make much money at all in the first few years. I'm not sure he was happy he did it in the early years. Um, and actually, the partner that he started it with uh, got a job offer to join the Merck. Um, at 250K a year managing their computers, and that's how I got on board. Um, so it was just a, it was a long path to, to, to really kind of
0: getting it up and, and getting it started. But, but, so he built the team in China, that's how that happened?
1: Yeah, so, so we actually started our team in the U.S. So year about three into it, um, we finally got ourselves, our salaries So 2008. Up. Yeah, yeah, about 2008. We finally got our salaries up to about 45K or so, and decided to hire our first employees. Well, we hired one person in support and we hired two developers. And we hired guys right out of school. Um, They just couldn't really help us, couldn't get us where we needed to be and we couldn't afford good developers. I think we were paying them about uh, 45, $50,000. So yeah, so what we ended up doing is taking those two salaries and opening an office in Chengdu, China. And we, we were able to legally open an office and hire six uh, developers with over 10 years of experience uh, with those two
0: salaries. So super high quality, but more output. Exactly. That's amazing. Hey, look, if it scales, it scales. Um, last few economics questions here before we, before we move into the closer and with the famous five. Uh, churn is obviously critical in this kind of space. Tell me about your churn. Um, so
1: I, I recently learned that you can have negative churn, which I wasn't uh, aware of. Um, so right now we're
0: actually right above like a little bit of churn around one point something percent. And, and what is um, that? That's revenue churn per year and that's net? Uh, correct. Okay. 1% net revenue churn annually. If you just look at gross revenue churn, what is that?
1: Um, I believe, know? yeah, that's around, uh, 6%.
0: Okay. So you're driving about five points or 5% of expansion revenue each year to get to that 1% net revenue number. Where's the expansion revenue coming from? Is it more seats per nonprofit, or what's the upsell opportunity?
1: Yeah. So we base our pricing on the number of records in each database. Um, and we kind of view our own success through our customer success. And if they're successful, we're successful. So the way that they are successful is by raising more money and putting more donors in their databases. And when that happens, we also succeed with them because their monthly fee goes up. Got it. So generally, every month uh, we'll have a bunch of customers that are increasing their database size, increasing in donors, increasing the amount of money they're raising. Um, And then we go ahead and just increase their pricing tiers as we grow with them.
0: And as you're adding on kind of new customers, that's expansion revenue. But as you're adding new customers, I mean, what are you spending to acquire these new customers typically?
1: Yeah. So uh, right now, our customer acquisition cost is around about $1,100. Okay. Okay.
0: So, so walk me through where you're spending some of that money.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, it, it's changing as we speak. So in, in the beginning and actually all the way up until last year, I did all of the sales and marketing. Well, not all the sales, but all of the marketing myself. Um, I had one kid helping me out of school, um, Andrew, that was good at content. But um, I was really managing um, all of the marketing. Um, I just hired a CMO this year that I actually offered a salary that was higher than myself uh, to bring him on board as an entrepreneur would do who knows uh, his, his money. And um, Mark now is really adjusting our strategy. We're bringing in an external marketing agency. Um, we're starting to really pay attention to all the channels and all the numbers and what has the best uh, acquisition costs and everything. But uh, historically we've used Gartner products a lot in advertising and promoting the uh, product. Okay. Uh, and But if... Uh, not made good use of Google unfortunately. And yeah. that's one of the things that we're really excited about uh, kind of getting into and also all the new social media advertising and all the different ways that we can now reach nonprofits. So, yeah, there's so. also
0: something to be said for being hyper focused on one channel and just owning that channel. It sounds like you're doing great with Gartner and at eleven hundred bucks of CAC and two hundred bucks a month in ARPU, I mean your payback is six months, which is perfectly healthy.
1: Right. And, and actually, the fun part to add on to that is uh, the lifetime value um, is over 13 years for some of our uh, higher, for, for, for our, our larger customers. Um, and, and what higher- is
0: that? What's that in a dollar figure, would you say? Ooh, you know, honestly, I've, I, I couldn't pull that out of my head at the moment. Do, but do you actually just take 13 years times 200 bucks a month and, and, and that's the number you use? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're doing 200 bucks a month, it's 2,400 bucks a year times the 13 years. I mean, that's what, like 30 grand north of 30 grand in LTV per customer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it it, it does change per tier. So there is a higher turn rate with the smaller nonprofits on the small run. But then the the larger they are, the lower the turn rate is, uh, which is fun.
0: Now, Jeff, this is a great story. Let's, uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. First question here, what's your favorite business book?
1: Um, Boy, it, it, it's 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 actually a, a quote from an old movie. But uh, if you build it, they will come. Is that a book as well? Uh,
0: it's an old um, uh, movie called The Field of Dreams. Okay, got it. But what's what's like your favorite business book? A recent book you read? Um, boy, everybody lies. Everybody lies. <laughs> That's good number. No, is that a lie? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, number two, is there <laughs> is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh. Boy, um, w- Warren Buffett is just the, the person I always
1: pay attention to and have since I was a little kid. Um, I just admire him to all end. Number
0: three, what's your favorite online tool for growing your business besides your own? HubSpot. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh,
1: actually, that's increased lately, which is fun. Um, it went from six to now about seven and a half. That's
0: pretty good. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Uh, married. Any kiddos or no? Uh, no, no. No, no kidding. not yet thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> good. And how old are you? Uh, 46. That's the Fort- last week. Well, congratulations. Last question, Jeff. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? What, what did my 20-year-old self do? What do you wish that he knew? Oh, boy. Um,
1: I wish he knew all about karma and just the fact that if you did good things, good things would come back to you. Um, at that point, I was just so selfish and so self-driven and didn't
0: realize the impact of uh, just all your actions on other people and how that returns to you. Well, guys, I don't know if he really was a bad boy when he was young, but if he was, he's certainly making up for it now. Nonprofit for CRMs, uh, building up again, building up NeonCRM.com. Launched in 2005, totally bootstrapped, now serving over 3,000 nonprofits, paying on average 200 bucks a month, so doing north of $7 million in ARR today. They've got 1% net revenue churn annually. Gross is about 6%, so healthy economics there. CAC is 1100 bucks, mainly through Gartner as a channel, which is interesting. Uh, payback period there obviously under six months as their team of 100 people based between Chicago and China work to give more power back to these nonprofits via their CRM product. Jeff, thank you so much for taking us to the top.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Nathan.